Check, 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 check. Hey. We're live in the studio. With the boys. Chief Lunas and Ellen Sick. Victor. Yo, what's yo. up? What up, what up? How's it going, everybody? Nice to see you guys. Yeah, so this is going to be a, an introduction to a whole series of podcasts that I'm working on that are going to be um, bike related. So uh, as you guys know, I run like a bike shop thing or whatever. So uh, I've been heavily involved in the bike community for a long time. So I've been trying to work on um, connecting like basically what I've been doing with the bike stuff, but also like have a podcast where we can just chat about things going on in South LA and LA in general, California in general, you know, there's a lot of bike stuff going on. And you guys are heavily involved, so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, um, starting with you, my man. Um, my name is Victor. Um, I uh, coordinate the Ellen Sick page. Uh, Ellen Sick is a long, long time coming of branding, self-branding, uh, I can say, of myself and my work. Um, I started off as custom graphic designer, going into custom builds for bikes. Right, right, right. And what about you, my dude? Uh, my name is Eren. Some people call me the chief. And chief. Uh, I organize bike rides in South LA and most of the LA area under Chief Lunas every Monday night. Cool, cool. And where you guys reside? Like, I know you stay out here in Torrance, and yep, you said South you're Paris. South Central, right? Yeah, Vernon, Lawson area, oh, Central, sure. Western. I'm familiar with both of those areas. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly new to the uh, to the South Bay. Um, I've grown up in the South LA, like that side, Southeast LA, you can mm -hmm. call it or whatever, like Paramount, Linwood, Southgate, Compton. The 710. Kind of, yeah, the 710, where the 710 meets the number five. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah so i, I want to talk because like we were actually talking a little bit about it before we went on um what podcast like sorry we were talking about um organizing rides right and you guys are like what i consider to be the new generation of ride organization right but back in my day um I, which is not that long i'm not that old you know what i mean but back in my day there was um Crank Mom, Family Ride, Taco Tuesdays, uh, and uh, Midnight Riders, and these things, right? That's kind of what I what I knew. But tell me, like, a little bit about how it's evolved from those days, and kind of what it has turned into now. Um, you know, because I assume there's a lot of like, um, how can I say, like, back in the day there was a lot of party rides. Oh, yeah. and I don't see too many party rides anymore. You know, like, but you guys are into the speed, right? You guys are. Um. Mm. Well. That's that's a that's a fifty fifty. It's it's a little bit of both. You can't party. You can't have like it goes hand in hand. Oh, you gotta go fast to party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like how, how, like, well, you're organizing races, right? So so yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, um, our races always turn to parties. Oh okay okay. That's so. but you know <laughs> we 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 try to keep the you know the the race as serious as possible until and then after you know so what are what are the races that you guys have uh you know since you started your unofficial career of underground bike culture what is the, some of the bigger accomplishments that you think are like in your belt so to speak you know what i mean because like, oh, I mean, you guys are all city like recognized at this point you know yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to the races i would say the go-kart crit oh, the first yeah. one at night time because i think a lot of people thought we were bullshitting that we had a, a go-kart course 
and once we like introduce everyone and show everyone that we had the actual course of a go-kart crit, people were like shocked that they're this like, was happening. No, yeah. no, LA Rad Race, like no. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, because we're not used to having nice courses, right? Well, like what we see is like LA sucks for cycling. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> lots of cars, lots of traffic. Hella dangerous, yeah. high speed vehicles, uh, potholes, you know, like South Central races. Um, lately, the only ones I've been to have been obviously your guys' races, and then there's also some stuff I've seen from uh, Ulock Mob, and there's a few. Yeah, other they did. Uh, they did. Guys. They do their annual. What's it? Uh, Cranksgiving. Cranksgiving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was um, there. We, we sponsored a little bit of that, and uh -huh. then, um, and uh, as a, as Fusion Workshop, the bike shop, I've tried to also. Um, cooperate with your guys' stuff and of course, yeah, we see that. And, 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 and do things here and there. Admittedly, not as much as I would like to, but that's only because the bike shop is kind of new, you know. So, no, yeah, so by the means, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't ever discredit yourself just because of uh, legitimacy, labels, dates, <laughs> bro. We're we're doing this by by the seam of our pants too. Like, yeah, yeah, we're flying <laughs> hard, you know. Just you, know, you sharing your the, our flyers means like a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. so we try and do all of that, and it, it, and when this shop used to be in San Francisco too, I, I had one up there, and you know the community is very similar up there in a lot of ways, but like, expansive in other ways. You know, like yeah. I think it's a more bike friendly city. There's uh, more bicycle coalitions and government type stuff, but then there's also like the SFBMA. These guys, uh, I've had a, one of these guys in the podcast, Taylor, who's the president of the SFBMA, talk about. Um, what it's like to, you know, participate in bike events up north. Yeah. And to be honest, most of y'all, like, everybody's kind of coming back and forth now these days, right? Like, like SF homies are coming down here, yeah. LA homies are going up there, right? Yeah. Here, you want to hear the better one? Yeah. We got dudes coming out of state. Out of state? Like, where? Like, like we got, uh, we had uh, Jordan come from New Mexico. We had uh, Team uh, FLX come from Vegas. They have a, a Long Beach chapter as well that they hook up with, and then they come out and, and knock pretty hard. That's sick. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to see, you know? Like, not just, like, the inner L.A. communities, the bike communities, but also, like... Outreach. Outreach, yeah. What's exactly. going on out there? Like, how can we connect? With with other communities and get stuff going, right? Yeah, you're 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 not only adding other factors but other flavors into the whole thing, right? It it brings different styles of riding, it brings different riders, it brings different yeah. attitudes. Yeah, definitely. And, definitely. You know, that's crazy. And and like, how would you compare? Like, have you guys been up to the Bay Area? Have you seen some of the racing going on up there, like the crit races or the messenger journey, that kind of stuff? Um, oh, you're talking about San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you thought I meant SF the Valley? No, <laughs> no. I, I mean we've heard of that because we have a few friends. Uh, uh, I have a friend who's part of that. Uh, his name is Muerte. And, yeah, I know Muerte. Yeah, we were on bikes up there all the time. He, my brother was messenger up there, so he hung out with my brother a lot, and all them fools basically. We hear, are hilarious. We hear <laughs> about them and how like uh, crazy they are, and just uh, the carrier and uh, messenger community that San Francisco has that's so powerful. Yeah, I do think it, it's a little bit more active. Uh, it, as far as career work goes, I mean, to be honest, like, uh, SF is only, like, 10 miles in diameter, you know? It's a small city, and there's, like, 80 bike shops in that city. So there's, like, a bike shop on every corner, basically, you know? Yeah. So it's condensed. There's hella bike lanes. It's easy to get to and from on a bike, you know? And there's less vehicles, less people drive, you know? More people just kind of live. Because it's really expensive, so people are renting, like, a bedroom, you know, so they can't really have too much stuff. Can't there's no parking anywhere, 
So you can't even have a car, you know? So having a bike is kind of the way to go up there, you know? Sounds like Long Beach. It's like, you, you can say, this was my prediction, and my prediction is that, because when I moved up to SF, like, in 2015 or so, like, I noticed, like, all the differences, and I was like, whoa, like, I, I bet five years from now, L.A. is going to look like this, you know what I mean? It's going to get more expensive, there's going to be more bike lanes, it's going to look nicer, but it's gonna, no one's going to be able to live there. And it, tell me if I'm right. Isn't that kind of happening, like in Santa Monica, Culver City, there's, Long Beach, you know what I mean? I mean, there's some cities that are definitely raising their, their bicycle lane, like infrastructure, and they're uh, accepting this into the growing commuter, like, uh, uh, population of people on bikes. Not just, like, cyclists, but commuters. Yeah, not enthusiasts, but people who need it. Exactly, and, and obviously we see some cities that are putting out and trying to, to connect to that basic commuter, but then we see some cities that are just not doing anything about shit, it. People man. are getting killed and uh, nothing's being said or done. Yeah, no, and, and you know what's messed up is that in SF, like, even though there's all this going on, you still see ghost bikes, you know? You'll still see ghost bikes all, all around, so people still get hurt, you know? So yeah. it's still not exactly like, you know, I think the United States in general is really not like, you know, we're, we want to sell vehicles, right? We want to sell cars to people. We really don't like the, the what I call micro commuters, right? People on bikes, people on scooters, people on all. I don't know how you guys feel about scooters, and because I know like there's like jump bikes and there's jump scooters, and you know you go out there, there's like a million fucking scooters all over the fucking ground. Yeah, there's um, that's a really uh, oh man. That's a soft topic. <laughs> <laughs> we could avoid this, this question, this topic. All right. Well, uh, well, like you know, I come, like I worked for some of those companies before. Yeah, I worked yeah, pretty, yeah. basically in the whole bike industry. So I'll tell you, like my perspective, I guess it's just um, they just don't want people to own stuff. You know, like yeah. how, like it's easy enough for you to buy a bicycle, right? And, yeah. And ride it, right? And and it's yours. But I think everything is kind of moving towards this whole like you don't have to own it. You can just borrow it for like three dollars an hour or something, you know. And, and, I really and, dislike that. Yeah, so I think that's where everything's moving, including bikes. But luckily, these guys are kind of going out of business. Like the Uber bikes got pulled out, the scooters got banned by several cities. So yeah. They're getting pulled back. Like people, yeah. people liked riding them, but a hell of people didn't like them being around. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like a lot of that stuff came out a little too like uh, jump the gun. Yeah, yeah, like, right. it, it, like, oh, hey, look, we can put trackers in apps and let's hook them up and lock them and, you know. That's bro. another thing, bro. Like, when when working out for these companies, you learn they don't make any money, you know. The, what they're really doing is collecting your data and then selling, selling your data it. to companies. Yeah. Like, hey, look, this is where people ride and this is where people buy this kind of stuff, you know. So if you want to sell this, maybe, you, you know, like, they're, they're selling Consumer data. data. That's all they're fucking doing, bro. It's, yeah. it's, really, it's ridiculous. It's but besides the whole scooter, that's I feel like that's part of the expansion. Like you know, when you start seeing bike lanes, you start seeing metro bike share bikes and you know, Uber and like all these other things, scooters and shit. You know, I I feel like all of that has its place in its in the world. Um, by all means, some of us don't have the means to actually go out of our way and go pick up a three. $500, $800, bike, something you just don't. Yeah. And they're getting more expensive these days too, yeah, right? You know? Um, some of us just don't have those means. And Metro bikes, cool. 
Got it. That's, that's a source of uh, commuting for your everyday person that needs to get to A to B and they're not planning to own that bike. Yeah. Again, I'm not very supportive of the, oh, I don't need to own, like, type of uh, standard that we're raising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like it's giving too many options to that new generation of people who are like, I don't need to commit. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, because yeah, uh, learning, all right, first, first of all, you got to know how to ride a bicycle, right? And then you got to know how to maintain your bicycle, how it works to, to know how to ride it, you know? And then, you know, all of these responsibilities that come with owning a bike, it makes you a better rider, right? But if you just, like, this is why people are getting hurt on e-bikes. E-bikes are the new thing, and people are getting hurt because they're, they never bothered learning how to pedal a normal bicycle, and then they jump on this super powerful thing, and it's just a whoop, and then smack. They don't have, I mean? like, a sense of, this, of how fast we're going. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't assessed the, 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 the gravity that. and the, you know, the physics. So, right? Some riders just don't, <laughs> don't know how to swing the bike yet or they turn it hard. shift their weight. What to do if you see a pothole, a bump, you know? Get have you the seen these people, they're just sitting and they're just, ba-ba! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, like, straight up, like, hitting this yeah. fucking straight on, you know? And you're like, dude. Unweight yourself a little bit. Come on, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's really crazy, bro. I, yeah, electric bikes again. It's another one of these topics. Where um, do you think it's hurting the overall bike community, or do you think it's getting normal people that usually don't ride, maybe riding? You know, what do you think about those things? I think there's a lot of people who cycle who are being converted to ride e-bikes or e-scooters. Because um, I have friends who are personally switching. Really. Yeah, because like, like, it's like, so easy to rent these things nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And um, I work for the app sometimes, like for Uber Eats and Postmates. And they're like promoting for you to rent these bikes under them. Under but them? It, oh, wow. It's under a different name. That's wild. But, I didn't know that. But it's the same thing. They're they're, they're highly invested in this rental uh, e-bike. That's crazy. Because you know, they like the when people do DoorDash with a car or, or, or even Uber driving to pick up people, um, they lease you a car now. Like you can, you can work for Uber. You can. You can I, lease I believe from the beginning that was always an option that they were. They were like, yeah. oh, you don't have the, you don't have the car. You got the credit. You don't have the credit. You got the payment. We'll get you going. Yeah, and so now even for the bikers, that's happening. So now, if you work for DoorDash or whatever, now you can rent a bike under them. Under a different name, but, oh, it's, it's, but it's, they're promoting it's it. They're promoting it. So yeah. they're highly invested in this and. I'm telling you, like, I have friends who have been cycling for the last 10, 12 years, and they're, like, mostly riding that e-bike now to do I know, everything. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I do think is kind of fair. Like, when, you're, when we're talking about L.A., we're talking about a city that's enormous compared to, like, San Francisco or one of these other cities where it's, like, 100 miles in diameter. So, like, delivering stuff around here, it can be a little more difficult than the no. average city, you keep, know? Yeah. Keep in mind, if you're a courier, work for an app or myself I'm a courier I work for a private business right, right I have a zone to stay in and I don't leave my zone I feel it yeah. see that difference versus that difference he's yeah. on an app where wherever he's at is where he picks up and wherever that order goes it's where it gets dropped off so that's the variable having a random unpredictable drop off versus having a dedicated zone to only drop in and a guy who like you you have a guy tell like behind the scenes right working, i got a dispatch dispatch right. i got a dispatch yeah. yeah so we just so pop our phone here like hey pick up drop off boom good to go good to roll we, and, and that actually i feel like it helps us 
It does, yeah. I, obviously, that's the way to go, you know, but in a, in a situation where we don't have the option, and unfortunately, these big tech companies are our, our only option sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, to make a little bit of cash. Um, when deciding what vehicle to use, right, you're saying some of these people are switching over to the electric stuff just because... Preference, yeah. it's easier. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel it. You don't have to use too much uh, of much of your physical energy to be riding these things, you know. And, but let's talk about all right. So, one, there's a there's a lot of pros and cons for all this kind of technology. The first pro, I think, is okay. I would rather have more people on even these little moped-looking bikes or even mopeds than full-on big-ass suburban or Chevy Tahoes or these big trucks, you know? Because yeah. LA is known, you know, I know y'all know, like, everyone in the hood has one big-ass Suburban or one big-ass, one of these big family, family cars. Is, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I would rather have somebody driving a mile away to on the e-bike than going a mile away on their big-ass Suburban. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Right? That's, yeah. that's a good point. So that's like one move towards more eco-friendly or whatever but at the same time these damn bikes have batteries and these batteries you know are someone are, in africa is mining the lithium and someone you know what i mean yeah like, i hear you yeah. There's, there's pros and cons to all of it yeah. um yes uh, pros i see is what if you're an injured rider that wants to keep riding but doesn't have the ability to mm. yeah and that's I, I promote i heavily promote like the sale of electric bikes and that's one of my main points is uh you know, what if you are an older rider, but you want to ride with the young pack, right? And how can you keep up? You get in a motorized bicycle and you can do See, we're, that's that's where the specifics of assistance versus e-bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, there's two classes. Yeah. There's going to be e-bikes that are like full-on throttle m moped looking things. Yeah. And then, which I'm not against per se, but I prefer the kind where it's an enhanced bicycle. Yeah. We're, we're, we're cyclists. We, yeah. we, we want a bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, I, yeah, I want to go in the dirt, you know, yeah, yeah. mountain bike with my bike a little bit, you know, and like, jump off of stuff. I don't want this huge clunky thing that weighs more yeah. than I'm, fucking, you know? I'm, I'm, um, I'm heavily in support of injured riders. Uh, I have a huge aspiration of uh, frame building someday. And, uh, nice. Um, one of my biggest things is to, to study kinesiology, which is a uh, study of the body movement for rehab specifically yeah and uh, cycling is a low impact sport right so it's really yes, good for yes yes and there's always going to be a guy who's hurt there's always going to be a guy who has a back injury a bad shoulder a neck something where a posture or in this case an electrical assistance can be totally in his favor yeah support the rider and keep him riding no i feel it yeah i agree on that yeah. on that point yeah that makes a lot of sense so you guys dabble a little bit in the bike mechanic stuff too so besides just the yeah. Um, I feel like I would more than anything. Yeah, I just don't have to change flats. <laughs> you a bike rider yeah. and yeah. a bike organizer, event organizer. Pretty much, and uh, I try to do like community outreach a little when um, when we lose lives, uh, cyclists yeah. or pedestrians. I try to voice that a lot more in uh, lower income communities, like for example, South Central. Yeah, yeah, no, and I feel that too. Yeah, because there's a like. A lot of things, ha I feel like a lot of things happen in the hood, um, but it just, it's like, 
an echo in the woods. Like nobody hears yeah, about nothing. Yeah, it's unknown. Yeah, it goes unnoticed. And look, here's here's one one thing I really want to highlight. Sometimes I'm not around for it, and, and it kind of bugs me. But I didn't hear. I kid you not. What eighty percent of the ghost bikes you put up, you don't even know them. I I put up around seven ghost bikes already, and five of them I didn't know them. Yeah, I was just that. You, you, you see what I'm trying to get at? Like, dude, we don't even have to know them. Like, we we will step out for you. We will reach out. Yeah, we, like, we highly appreciate that. Believe me, you know the yeah. cycling community is growing, but at the same time, there doesn't have a lot of what I call like core members. You know, like core participants. You yeah, guys are you guys are definitely that. You know, and I feel like the more guys we get that can put in those that legwork, right, and go out there and take care of those things that need taken care of obviously you know and the, the more the happier we're going to be you yeah, know of course and i think nsf one of the other take backs that i get from those guys is um well it's it, again it, it goes back to the pros and cons pros there's a lot of dudes doing a lot of stuff right so it's cool cons it became heavily politicized so some of my friends from the bay area are displeased with a lot of the politics now that are involved with biking you know like I, I kind of think biking should stay in its own lane, right? Like, bikes are bikes, and you ride them, right? And we organize events, and we take care of the bike community. Safety, like you were just saying, you know, ghost bikes, awareness, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then maybe maybe keep away from the whole, like, politics in general, right? Um, yeah. In regards to, like, at least events, we keep all politics off pitch. Like, it's just not even a topic, unless it, unless... Honestly, I think the most political thing we reach is, is uh, the WTF scene, and that's 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 kind of like if. Uh, if what is that kind of explain? So that the WTF scene is well, it's abbreviated for Women's Trans and Femme. For those that don't know, if you ever go to sign up for a race or you see a race or an event, period, and you see WTF, it's not what the fuck. It's Women's Trans and Femme. Um, it's twenty twenty one. Whether it's fortunate or unfortunate for some people. You gotta step with times, or you're getting left behind. And we see it as we have to include more people. Period. Yeah, you know, I think inclusivity is important in anything. You know, so those those are actually some of the exact topics that um, we were uh, discussing with the San Francisco Bicycle Messenger Association, yeah. and it has to has to do a lot with those particular subjects. And old boys got into a lot of heat for either agreeing or disagreeing with certain subjects or, you know, deciding A versus B, you know? I, I Yeah, honestly, on some subjects like that, you kind of got to stand kind of firm, man. It's, it's, yeah, you got to be, you know, you got to decide. You got to pick a lane. You got to pick the right words. Sometimes we, we sit here and, like, get our heads together, like, hey, does this sound good? Should we post this? Should we write this? Does this sound better? Cause it's like we we are well aware of flames and, and <laughs> stuff that comes back. Yeah, for real. There's there, we're well aware of this. Yeah. Well, the problem is is that there's a lot of sexism and misogyny right now at this moment, especially with the last administration that was promoting racism and sexism and uh, not enough equality. So we try to promote that hey everyone's gonna be treated equal, even if at, at the races with uh, the prizes, the cash, the cash outs. Because we've heard other groups or race organizers not do the same. So right, we want right, to be right. like, we want to set the example for everyone that everything must be equal because we're all the same. We're like, yeah. 
that, I think that's where a lot of the other stuff came from as well, from up north. It was just a lot of, um, like, for example, um, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about, um, well, athletes, in my opinion, like, I, I think that, that racing as a sport should be categorized like, uh, how can I say, like by weight. So, for example, like, you know, like fighters, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you got the the heavyweight class, the featherweight class, and the, so I think if you classified racers simply by weight, you'd avoid all of these problems, right? Because then you're basically teaming everyone up against people that they can compete with. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, you, I guess you're actually bringing the real factors of what people really talk about in cycling when they compete, which is... Uh, wattage per kilo. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I was actually reading on that subject specifically today because I, I didn't understand it quite fully, and I, I do now. Yeah, so there's a few a few things there that you know, like uh, women that or trans women that participate in uh, femi femi female specific racing mm -hmm. and then dominating that sport, right? Versus uh, um, trans men who were biological females participating in the male sports but then getting wrecked by the rest of the males because obviously they're more powerful so you know? at least in at least in our case specifically we would still allow that to be a wtf contender yeah and i, I look i'm not like i said oh, yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. not pro or yeah, against yeah. any of it like you know i'm like i'm just trying to say i want to be as neutral as possible yeah, yeah, and of course. i think it would be great for it to be like based on like i said like weight or something like that yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to sex or something there, you know? there would that would be a um, like a whole scale conversion across the board. It's it's not gonna happen today. No, right? yeah, that, that, that's something that has to be introduced, um, and that's I don't think it's a bad idea. It just it has to be introduced, and you kind of have to expect some. Uh, and how, how do you guys? How do your like your races run now? If you don't mind me asking, like, uh, like let's say for like when you do a race today, like how many people do you expect? How many people show up? Uh, you know, who, who wins? Who's winning right now? You know, um, things like this. So talk about your races a little bit. Okay. Um, we've thrown a couple races, and we kind of have the idea that we know that we'll have a certain number to expect. And the last time we threw out our expectation on paper, we got we went right over our expectations. So we aimed pretty close. Um, we had said like a dirty fixed gear and like. 25 roadie. That's yeah. What we got set. I I think we I think yeah. I think it was 40 fixed gear, like 30 road road bike guys. It was like it was tied. It was like 34 road bikes and like 36 road bikes and I think 34 fixed gear. It was like super close. It was a good turnout. Um, it's a pretty good turnout. We were not expecting that many road bike uh, people to show up at all. CBR, UCI, yeah. all that's gone right now, bro. That's right. COVID <laughs> has affected where people can race, right? So Period. people are resorting to uh, unsanctioned races like the stuff that you guys do, right? Yeah, that's so, exactly yeah. what we're doing. And and how do you feel about sanctioned races? Is that something that you support? Um, or? Yes, um, I personally race sanctioned races. Um, it's a little suit and tie for me. <laughs> just 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 a little. And, and at the end of the day, we've had this conversation. Eden keeps elbowing me about it. We're gonna have to do it one day. Yeah, it's gonna, you know. It, it, we're gonna have to. It is what it is. I personally feel very like, maybe it's just me, but like when I'm in sanctioned races, I feel hella out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Just like, like what? Like this totally. is a lot of stuff going on here. I never even knew none of this. You know? See, the thing like is, like a little, like a little South Central kid, little hood kid, in this like massive thing. And, like, yeah. It feels weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in our group, 
I feel like the nerd, and everyone's all the hood ass guys. But then you go to the CBR races, and you're like, oh, I'm not the nerd here. <laughs> you're like totally out of place, you know. And that's that's another thing that you, that we should bring up too. Um, I feel like that kind of slightly leaks into a little bit of the cycling elitism that we see. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's a good topic as well, cycling elitism, because um, actually, um, I had a lot of messages before from other bicycle riders, right? Specifically about cycling elitism and what it means not just in the bike racing community but somebody was accusing um how can i say the bicycle industry like the mechanics because there's a whole different like like culture for bicycle mechanics right so like basically if you worked at a bike shop anywhere in california you probably know other people that worked at bike shops and stuff right yeah. so there's like a, it's a tight-knit community and some of these points that we bring up with uh, with racing and participating in racing is kind of the same thing in the bike mechanics. People will say, oh, bike mechanics are snobs. Uh, bike mechanics think they know everything. They treat they they treat people as if they're lower. They, they, they turn down work. They, they, they talk down to people and all these things. And then they also make accusations like uh, the bicycle mechanic industry is um, run and perpetuated by a patriarchal white male society like, i've heard a lot of these things like, like accusations thrown at the bicycle mechanic bike shop industry as if bike shops are in some one way or another male dominated and white male dominated to be specific and honestly i don't agree with that at all in my opinion bike shops yo i've worked with so many different races and ethnicities and to be honest it's just a matter of interest i think Males kind of gravitate towards uh, mechanically inclined, you know, professions. Yeah. And that that's kind of the why there's so many males working on bikes. But there's plenty of females that work on bikes as well. But as far as being discriminated against, I, I feel like it's a natural, a, a natural division, right? It just happens naturally. It's a naturally occurring phenomenon that that we have. We have a, a mutual friend, uh, Paula. Yeah. She's a bicycle mechanic. LA Cycle owner. Shout out. There you go. Hey, uh, hey. Yeah, Paula. Paula actually took our uh, cross series uh, last season. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, killer. Um, no, yeah, I, uh, I, I find some truth to that statement you make. Uh, I feel like, uh, by all means, it is, it is a uh, interest. But, well, where I, do you see? Because you I, said I, elitism. Like, where do you see the elitism? Uh, on in, the in your opinion, on the road to start. On the well, road bikes. Come on. No, no, no. Like on the road, period. Oh, just on the road. On the road, period. How do you see it on the road? Like, how how, how do you see bicycle elitism on the okay, road? Okay, me and Nana ride by, cross the street, we'll see each other. Like, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? The elite cyclist, say what's up. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck is this food like? Uh, don't even have to tell me about that, bro. SF is full of that too, and but I don't know. I haven't rode my bike in South Central too recently. Except for like putting around town, picking up bike parts and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I haven't really, I haven't experienced like the new cycling culture in the South Central LA area. So I can't vouch for, for that area. But in the South Bay, I could say there's a lot of that stuff going on around here too. Like, oh no, definitely, bro. I we we are, keep in mind the South Bay is predominantly middle class and upper middle class and upper class. Yeah, there's nicer bikes on this side for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. And there's dudes that are not happy with your electric bike. That I could tell you this, like 
There's a lot of people that don't like electric bikes on here. And there's a lot of people who love electric bikes. It's kind of like a 50-50 thing. Here, here, here's a better one. They don't like you when their $10,000 bike doesn't go faster than your $1,000. That's especially yeah. correct. <laughs> That's my favorite one of anything. When, when the guy's like, on your left, and then passes you, and then like gets in front of you, and then does the whole thing. And you're like, bro, I was going at a regular pace. You don't have to yell at me. I mean, no, you got all the space in the world. I, I appreciate the communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I, I, I think I, I think the dick move is more blowing past you. Yeah, and then and then getting and then doesn't that make you just want to dust him right after that? <laughs> Guarantee, like, bro, like if I was just like in my cadence, you're blowing past me. You shift, and then your your pass is done. It's like that's that's it. That's all you had. had? Okay, hold up. No, no, not even shifting. <laughs> not e oh, I'm sorry. I'm on the track bike. Uh, <laughs> hold up, let me yeah. clip back in. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get to see the LA streets more, like more depth into LA than I do. Um, obviously, he runs Chiefs. Yeah. I'm, I'm more on the South Bay. I used to kind of attend more of the Chiefs rides more religiously. Um, I kind of pop in maybe once a month, once every two months, just to say what's up to the boys, but. uh I, you definitely see a lot of that uh, elitism out in, the, in DT. Uh, some of the things that you guys already covered, but another one is like uh, brands and companies yeah. uh, that sell like merch, t-shirts, and socks. Oh, you're absolutely right about and, that too. And like, yeah. they'd be selling it for 35, 50 bucks, and I'm like, how am I supposed to afford that? Like, like yeah. I want to support like another like bike brand, but like 35 dollars for like a t-shirt. Absolutely right. Hey, what the hell? No, that, that's a or, that's or a different bucks. kind of that's like internet elitism, right? Like, like there's no. like uh, cool guys now, like like super like bicycle superstars, and then you they they're like, who are you? Swag boys. Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Swag boys. You know, swag boys. Yeah. That's, your, that's what you call them, swag boys. Swag boys. <laughs> swag boys. So there's bicycle swag boys for sure. Oh, for yeah, sure, yeah. bro. And that's that's the biggest thing too. Like just because you're wearing a two hundred dollar jersey doesn't mean you're cooler than us. I know, right? Like, like, bro, we got our own cool factor. Not like we were trying to be cool either, but like. Or if you have enough like money to like make your own kit, and you have your own little team or your own little brand, and like. That's cool. Really, that's cool, but don't be a jerk about yeah, it. Yeah, but most people like they are jerks about it, and yeah, they kind of rub it in your it. face. Like I can that, see oh, it. You can't have this. Well, that, that's the beautiful thing about bikes, in my opinion, is that a bicycle is a representation or like an extension of your body. You know, so the way I see bikes. Like, a lot of people in the bicycle mechanic community, they'll say, oh, it doesn't matter how it looks, it just matters how it performs. But, to be honest, I'm more on the on the side of, like, I want my bike to look a certain way because I feel better riding, you know what I mean? Like, it represents me. Like, I want my whip to be fresh how I want it to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, in a lot of ways, the bicycle community has a lot of room. You got a lot of room for the Ferraris, right, of the road biking community, and then, but you also got room... For the custom guys that have crazy weird stuff, right? Like there's dudes with tall bikes, speaker bikes, funny bikes, all kinds of all weird that. stuff, you know? Then there's the grunge guys, right? The guys with the stickers all on their frame with like a fuckload of shit attached to it, bags and shit, going yeah. across the country, you know? Yeah, the so, bike touring, the, bike touring fools. <laughs> the bike touring fools, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of like, you know, you, you get variety. So I, I'm, I'm happy to be able to deal with so many different people. Yeah. And yet, they're all connected by the bicycle. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone gets to play a little bit of the bike, right? Yeah, and you're, you're talking about, because uh, cycling has a lot of subcultures. 
And, uh, yeah, that's a weird, that's a very weird put. Yeah, subculture. You're gonna feel comfortable with uh, those bikes and the people that are in that subculture. You're gonna find it eventually, whether it's like fixed gear, uh, racing fixed gear bikes or doing popping wheelies on your fixed gear bike. There's Even those two things are different. They're different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole totally different crowd yeah, yeah. too. Yo, do you want the fast arrow fixie or do no. you want the fat chubster fixie? No, here's here's the funny here's the funny part of that. Right now, the trend is to turn track bikes into FGFS and go do tricks on them and not go fast on them. Yeah, that's yeah that started like uh, circa 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you getting um, super super wide bars on your thin track bike. Yeah, this is like, I'm cool, but then you keep seeing track bikes fall apart. Yeah, they, those things do buzz pretty easy, you know? Yeah, track lacrosse is a big thing now, too. What do you guys think about track oh lacrosse? Cyclocross, yeah. hybrid. Hella so, fun, hella dirt. sketch. Bro, if you're not riding dirt, you're not getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, look, I, I have like a half dollar size hole in my kneecap right now from riding dirt uh, on Sunday morning. Um... That's <laughs> honestly look. Here's, Unfortunate. Here's here's where man, we got so much to say about dirt. It's our thing. It's your thing. It's our track lacrosse and cyclocross right now is our thing. Um, the biggest reason we started throwing races last year, one because racing was out of just pocket period. It wasn't even on the table. Yeah, that's kind of true. Um, me and Ed had like kept bringing the subject up over the years that we knew each other. Like, dude, why don't we do? Why don't we do races? Why don't we do races? My birthday was coming up. We had like two months to figure something out. We had a couple other shops to pitch in, and they're like, we're gonna throw a birthday party, race. We found a spot. It was a Wetlands Park. Uh, scoped it out, did a recon, made sure no one's gonna, you know, burn us down and, and you know shut us down. Dude, we threw we threw a race on my thirtieth birthday. Uh, we we called it the thirty the thirty thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like full track lacrosse event, cycle cross. We did four categories. Yeah, I was there for that one, I believe. It yeah, by yeah. It, yeah so. Dude, it, it, the one that was right. under the bridge right there yeah. on uh, Long Beach and the Lama. It went like uh, the Forest Park, right? Yeah, yeah. Sick as little park. You know, I used to go to that park, um, maybe two thousand nine when I had the first bike shop. There, there was uh, there was actually dirt jump jumping track in there did you guys ever see that before no. they demolished it before they put that little um hiking area thing with the little track and all that yeah. there all of that literally the whole thing it was dirt jumping track it's probably yeah. just guys coming in with like with tools and making them too absolutely yeah. this is exactly what it was and they were there for many years i i had the privilege of riding them two or three times before they got demolished and turned into it looks nice how it is too now because yeah. Low key back then, yeah, it was a jump track, but you had to jump over bums and stuff. You know what I mean? There was hella yeah. bums in there all the time. Yeah. And it was sketch. And, yeah. You know, you could get it, jacked. So, so, so that 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 all those little details, those variables that you're adding in there, that's kind of another thing that feeds the whole dirt beast. You like that? The variables. You like the grunt? Oh, the variables. Well, yeah, that's that's what makes it right. Like, yeah, uh, that's what makes so, it. So you know, when I first got interested in track lacrosse, was because. You know, if you live in South LA, there really is not much dirt around, you know what I mean? It's kind of a concrete jungle out here. So what happens is, I grew up riding fixed gear, right? And I love fixed gear, I do the wheelies, and I love playing with the fixies. And it's great on concrete, where it's flat, but then, out of nowhere, like, YouTube, I started watching videos of dudes mountain biking, and I was like, hey, that mountain biking shit looks dope. 
So I built a mountain bike, and then I went mountain biking. But I, you know, if you live in LA, you gotta drive. You gotta go to Fullerton Loop. You gotta go to Pasadena. You gotta go to Turnbull Canyon. You, you gotta go somewhere. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not um, around the corner. It's not around the corner. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started mountain biking when I moved to San Francisco. Mountain biking was the shit, bro. That's like the best part of San Francisco. You can go to Marin County. There's the Forest Park. There's Golden Gate Park. Like you can wake up if you live in the city. You just wake up and go hit some dirt about more no more than five miles and you already hit trail exactly bro right. so i started riding mountain bikes and then it came to me one day i was like whoa what if like when we rode track bikes in the dirt that would be crazy right and it's like as if it's as if everybody had the same thought because immediately after that a couple guys like, saw a couple it. guys like did that and i was like wait and then there was a track lacrosse race up there and then we participated in it and all that stuff and then we started building track lacrosse bikes and yeah. now now it's a thing now you can you can get one now right um, yeah. it i honestly feel like that door is barely still being open oh yeah definitely for sure bro so um, much potential right i feel like it's barely 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 being open but i feel like 10 years ago this door was opened and no one saw it because i've been doing some research um the six volt iso build wheels for fixed gear Oh, so you, you've been trying to figure out how to get disc brakes on the fixie? No, no, I'm not even going to. Well, I have the disc set up on the front, but what I'm getting at is the technology of building six-volt fixed cogs. Oh, yeah, that's been around for a while. For a yeah. while, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking into building that set up myself for track lacrosse. People are looking at me like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, you... Yeah, it just it just had it, it costs a lot of money to do it is all the way. If you wanted to fix, if you wanted a fixed gear hub... That had a disc brake mount. Oh shit! You're getting ready to pay B like B White Industries money. Or BLB sells them for 180 dollars. Yeah, you know, you know who who was the first people to be keen to the track lacrosse thing? Who've been putting disc brakes on? I, I believe it was Wire Paul, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not not the technology wise, but the subculture that first made it easy. Bike polo, bro. Yeah, bike polo. Because yeah. these guys have had disc brakes on their fixies for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From playing bike polo, and when I played bike polo when I was in San Francisco, and, and when I was down here, it's kind of doesn't exist in LA anymore. Yo, but he's got a bike polo yeah. setup. He's got the. I gotta see that. He's got the mallet and everything. Yeah, we have to, <laughs> uh, shout out to um, SF Bike Polo. Those guys hooked me up with all that gear, and yeah. I used to sell that stuff at the shop as well. Um, it's a small community, but those guys have been running disc brakes on their track bikes for a while now, you know? Just So that, that purple bike I have in my room hanging, that Peg, Peg is a prime example of the bike polo industry, they would sell their frames fixed out of the store with a steel disc mount. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. on a one-inch frame, you're like, that's unheard of. Yeah, that, that, has, that was a thing, yeah. And there's also a company from uh, South America, I think from Peru, called Marino Bikes. And if you guys never heard of this company, they're pretty sick. Um, I've they, seen Marino on Instagram. Yeah, they built, uh, back, back, back in the day, they used to build fat, like, 29er fixed gear bikes, like, with a 14-millimeter dropout. Like, we're going to get into nerd technical bikes. <laughs> like but, yeah, they're, 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 you know, they used to build fat fixies, and then they built polo bikes and all this other stuff. And so now they're getting into this, too. Um, you know, MASH SF, and the store up, uh, up north, and uh, Chinelli, have a few bikes as well that have cantilever brakes. I wish they would have made a disc brake version, you know, but I don't know why they chose to go with the cantilever. Um, so that's that's always uh, for us dirt riders. We see that a lot. Who's picking canty? Who's picking disc? Yeah. And what's your reason? And why are you not using a V brake? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> that, that's a big topic between us also. So I'll, I'll explain why no V-break real quick. This is an easy one. Because if you're having uh, to use drop bars, there's no, like the cable pull doesn't match. So if you put a drop bar lever and you connect it to a V-break and you hit the brake, you're just going to fly over your bar. You're just gonna you know? And they feel hella squishy and whack. So what you want is you want cantilever brakes if you have a drop bar. Now in the track bike world, I think what happened is people are thinking cyclocross. They're thinking road bikes that have uh, drop bars but making them track bikes. So this is where the argument of cantilever brakes comes in. I think that's why the first track lacrosse bikes have cantilever brakes. It's like a crossover from cyclocross stuff, which in my opinion is whack. I never like cyclocross in general, like the bike. I like cyclocross, the culture and the racing is cool. But the bike, I always thought it was weird. Like, it's not a mountain bike, it's not a road bike. Like, it, it has gears, it has a weird position, you know what I mean? It's 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 a definite splice and hybrid. Um, I don't get it, but it's a pretty cool cyclocross bike, though. <laughs> the Santa Cruz? Yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with Santa Cruz. What, would you, what is it? What Santa Cruz is it? The Stigmata. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that bike is pretty rad. It, it's yeah. fire, man. It's cyclocross. I would flat bar it. Oh, oh that would be dope. <laughs> oh. I'm building another cross bike and I'm putting flat bars on that one. It's going to be a beater one. Sick. And sure. Isn't that funny? We all do that too. Like, like you go to build a bike and you're like, hey, this frame is dope. And then next thing you know, the bike became too Gucci. And you're like, oh, yeah. I don't want to ride this bike. Not so then yet. you build a beater bike. <laughs> But then you start putting Gucci stuff on your beater bike, and then your beater bike becomes yeah. the Gucci bike again. That's where I'm at right now. Like, <laughs> I got this, this Santa Cruz that I don't want to fuck up, because I know I'm clumsy as hell. And I'm going to do the race uh, in a few, the two weeks coming up. Yeah. And I don't want to crack that frame. It's carbon. I don't want to, like, break it. But, you so. know, I'm going to give you my brother, my younger brother, uh, Josh, his words of wisdom mm -hmm. is it. It's meant to be ridden. This is what he told me. <laughs> bro, you're supposed to ride it, bro. It's meant to be ridden. Ride that bike, man. <laughs> no, I'm gonna ride it, but just not not on race day, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be hectic that night. So what, what are you gonna uh, ride? If I don't have that uh, beater cross bike that I'm building, I have a mountain bike, and I'll just do it on the mountain bike. Here's here's a here's a cool one I kind of want to throw out there. Huh. I don't think there's many organizers racing out there on events right now. Like rate like racing in the event. Yeah. yeah. We both we both compete in our own events sometimes. Dorothy from SoCal Cross Series. Uh, it's not happening right now because of COVID, but throughout the year she's been organizing SoCal Cross uh, in LA County. She does. She organizes these big events that has like about six or eight categories, from like the youth to uh, 45 and over. Mm -hmm. And she does like two races and like she usually podiums like she kills it and she That's wild. and this thing is big like I'm talking <laughs> about like not just like our our stuff that yeah. we do her is way bigger like they, they yeah, set a, up, a couple tiers above they set up staffs plywood yeah man it's That's cool. shout out to Dorothy from SoCal Cross shout out yeah oh. that, I think that inspiration cool. inspiration um, for us. Honestly, we, we love organizing this stuff, but at the same time, too, I can't have everyone have the fun by themselves, bro. Like, I organize, like, we both go out and, and test these courses out. We go repeatedly. We go down. We get back up. We record. Yeah, like, like, oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, we're going to have to change that corner real quick. <laughs> you know, and it's like, know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, too, I want to go throw bowls with everybody. Yeah. Straight yeah. up. Like, I really want to go throw bowls with everybody. Because <laughs> then, at the same time, too, it's like, 
only reason we kind of got into this is because we're not a, the fastest guys at crit. So dirt became an option because yeah. the fast guys at crit were scared of dirt. You know, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point is that maybe you're right about keeping it grunge. That maybe you just said that all of these things about the dirt, all the things, the variables, yeah, right? the yeah. things that you can't calculate yeah. with all these like big-headed fools that are just like, I need to know everything. I need to know the math. I need to warm up. Yeah. I need to know how this angles. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need to do 50 warm-up laps so that I can race and do two laps and win. You know hey, right? hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those guys that are overly calculative, you know, like you're, you might be right. Like They may be afraid of the dirt because there's too many variables and they're just like, you know what? I don't, I'm not even going to do that. And, then, and, and here's know? the thing. We saw it firsthand. We saw people at our events last year at the cross races are like, no, nah, we're good. We're good on that. We're good. Dang they it. saw obstacles and they said, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. For real. Honestly, honestly, bro, I wear that as a badge. Because cool. it's like, like when, it, you, when you turn down the hot, uh, when the hottest heads in your county say, now we're good. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a matter of, uh, you know, like, well, all right. So the dirt keeps away certain people, but then who is it opening an opportunity for? Like, who are the people that are jumping in now? Those people that you didn't know were killers. Yeah, and they're monsters. Yeah. yeah Courier fools, uh, people who haven't raced, but we, we're making it uh, look fun, so they just want to give it a shot, and you'll be surprised that they come out on top. Uh, example, at the go-kart crit, there was just this teenager that came out. Uh, he's under Crenshaw Goon, and he got second place against a, a pro who does a... Who's done like a red hook crit? He he, got, he, he was, raced. Um, it was a uh, Frank Martucci that podiumed in first. Dude oh, from uh, okay. Team Oakley. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, he podiumed and uh, homeboy uh, came out in second. Was his youngster? That's crazy. Se uh, he's like seventeen. No one knew who he was. So, like I think that was like the first night. I've seen him before, but I was I never met look, him. Look, check this out. Yeah. Fr Frank ranch Frank raced rad race in Berlin. That's crazy. Yeah. Right, number one. He's already. Girl, man, he's got a one-up on him. By all means, we kind of had the feeling he was already going to take it. But somebody... We gave props to this kid, bro. Was, he wasn't even 18, and he made the men sweat. Well, you know, um, yeah, we forget that, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, you're just full of power, you know? You're just doing the most in those dumb years, you know? Dumb kid energy, You're dumb, dumb and, 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 and you're taking risks that usually an older person looks at, and they're like, ah, you know? They hesitate a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell you, you get on your bike, you're not going to do the same things you were doing when you were 18 years old on your bike. You know what I mean? Even oh, I won't. You yeah, know no, I mean? yeah, definitely. You know what I, I agree mean? with you. So just imagine, apply that to racing. Some of these kids, man, they're little monsters, and they're just starting out. So imagine where they're going to end up in a few years. And it brings up another good subject about maybe, maybe that's where the division was at, right? Because I feel like the last generation which wasn't even that long ago maybe 10 years ago right the last decade of of cool fixy stuff which was like macaframa to live and ride in la um keo curry rest in peace mm -hmm. and all these cool guys right that made fixies cool um and then it kind of just went away remember there was a time just that it just kind of went away disappeared even the bicycle manufacturers that made trick bikes like grind gold Volume, unknown, disappeared. They're meter, they all went out of business. They're all yeah. done. And when you, you know? see the bikes, it's like, oh, man, it's 
Cool, that's a memory. Yeah. And and so now I feel like there was a gap in time where there was nothing there, right? And now this is where we get these new kids, you know, coming into the scene and they're starting a new thing, right? Like it's a it's a it's like the old thing, but this that's there was a disconnection, am I right? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they're they're me shopping a lot with brands and selling stuff, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like there there's a total gap in, in the style of builds. Like that the whole FGFS disappeared, died. But then the 29ers came out. Yeah. And it's like... And now we got the wheelie kids. Yeah, we got the goon riders and we got yeah, the SE kids. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know what? I have um, the SE us versus them. That great, that great. Talk about FGFS. Yeah, yeah. You know what train that is. I know what train that is. Yeah. So compare that up to like a 29er. I could sell the 29ers in there. But that's not a wheelie bike. To me, that's a gravel yeah. bike. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. And these wheelie bikes are basically just big old fixed gears, but they're just freewheel. You know what I mean? And they got a brake. <laughs> yeah. That's um, really the only difference. The the cool thing is that we're, we're actually getting to see some people try to bring back the remnants of that decade that you're talking about. I think it would be rad, you know? Yeah, we personally um, partnered up with uh, our, our buddy Willow. Uh, shout out to Willow. He, uh, he, he's the face for Fighter Bike Co. Uh, What's it called? Fighter Bike Co. Fighter Bike Company. Yeah. Okay, for sure. um, they're Check making track frames. Um, I personally make the stencil kits for their painters. So they come get their vinyls from me, they go shoot it to their painter guy, and then you know? cool. yeah. um, what I think is really cool is these guys have prototyped, I tell you what, like the first handful of bikes, like less than 10 bikes, handed them off to a little sponsor rider that they have and whatnot. Now they're going full fledged on trying to bring back, like, the design they're basing it off of. When you see it, you'll be like, I know that bike. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty rad, you know? It's a, you know? There's a lot of new bikes that are just. The old bike just revamped with new stickers. Exactly, you know? exactly. But, uh, why not make it a whole thing? And, and I'll tell you what, if I ever got rich, like for one whatever random reason, and then all of a sudden, I was just like, I would. The first thing I would do is probably start a bike company. Probably just start building bikes, exactly how I want them. You know what I mean? Because right now, what I have to deal with is I have to take bikes that are not configured how I want them, and then I have to. I'm basically a reconfigurement or a, a reassembler, you know, or I assemble bikes that are custom because there are things on them that I don't like or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So we have to make them. We have to work with these frames that are not designed for that, and then we have to make them work. You know what I mean? And then yeah. The choice is: is it your personal or is it a client's? Yeah, exactly. So then now, oh, that's yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. <laughs> no, I, I I've gone beyond that hump already. I don't suffer from that anymore. But when I used to build bikes, like back in the day, yeah, that was always a thing. Damn, like you always build something dope, and you're like, nah, I don't want to sell this bike. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hard one for me. But, when I yeah. see the cool ones, leave it doesn't place. happen anymore. I have a, I I build boundaries now. So now I'm building a bike for myself, or I'm building bike shop bikes. You know, it has to happen at some point because otherwise you're gonna go crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, admittedly, I still do a lot of swaparoos, like parts swapping. Like, hey, what if I put this over there and that? You know, it's like the Legos. Yeah. Like you're just constantly moving stuff over like oh no nah, this stem looks better over here and you know yeah that's <laughs> that's i think that's a big thing for us too um 
accessibility to parts. Yeah, that's my that's my main niche, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my main niche is in, is in getting parts that are difficult to find, new old stock parts, um, from from even from that era. I have a lot of old leader bikes from the era, old bikes yeah, that are brand new. So yeah. I I've stepped into the shop a couple of times. He's got a nice assortment of wheels. Yeah, old, you guys should you should come in one of these the, days the, and check it out. The older leader frames that you had, those TRKs. Um, he's got a couple of cool tracks. Those are, those are trick bikes? Or? Yeah, I have the track ones as well. I have like the 25, the 35, the 21. But yeah. the pre, like, you know, because I think Leader went out of business in 2014. So it's, you know, to be able to still have some of those bikes be brand new and never used is like super hard these days. You know? So I have a question for you. How do you feel about New Leader? I haven't seen what New Leader looks like. You know, uh, all I've seen... From, I've seen some of their bikes like here and there and it's unofficial I, I, from what I know that it's not the same thing at all yeah. it is but it isn't I've looked at some of their seat posts that have drifted by my shop a few times and I've looked at some of the forks and some of the frames and it, it, all of it looks completely different of the logos different uh, you know I mean it's similar but it's a little bit different you know and I feel like it's not the same thing but at the same time it's a nostalgic bike. Leader was not a, like a high quality bike. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah, ever yeah. bad though. I broke like I've seen a bunch of those things break, especially the track bikes. Like the oh, aluminum yeah. ones, those things busted all the time. The the, the the steel bikes, different story. Those things are great. Yeah, the you know? TRKs. So I'm a steel kind of guy. You know, like I kind of gravitate more towards steel bikes um, and titanium and the high end. But I'm not a fan of carbon fiber bikes. I feel like they're like disposable bikes in a way. They are the best in performance, of course. Nobody can argue that. You know, like, if you want a bike for performance, you get a carbon bike. But, I mean, some of the guys that you see with carbon bikes is, like, a dude that would spend, like, $10,000 today on a 2021 Specialized Venge. And then next year, spend another $10,000 for the 2022 Specialized Venge. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see that a lot. That, and it's like, why? And then they go and flip it for, like, five grand. And they're like, dude, you just lost all your money on that because they want the they want the best the most fastest lightest bike available in the market but, today you know what i mean dude, think about this though carbon fiber a lot of people don't like to talk about this but I, from my experience all carbon fiber has a shelf life and nobody wants to talk about this but people manufacturing bikes today out of basically composite plastics right there's basically a type of epoxy and woven with fiber and stuff it has a shelf life, so if you leave carbon, even if you left it sitting for a while, if it gets exposed to UV for too long, right? If it, mm -hmm. it gets brittle, and it's not something that you can leave stored away and then come back 50 years later and just jump on it and be good. You know what I mean? You all have to the, make sure it's yeah, good. Yeah. All these 90s bikes that are made of carbon fiber today are unusable. You know what I mean? And which bikes can still be ridden? The steel bikes, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's specifically why you see those spinnergies explode on everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's no argument that they perform better. They're lighter. They're faster. They are the best technology available at the moment. Even better than titanium, as far as performance goes. Yeah. 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 But titanium is like a life bike. I, you get uh, a titanium bike, you're keeping that thing for life. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I've I've uh, came across a couple light speeds, and those things, I don't think they'll ever. Die. No, dude. There's nothing you can do. Even if that brand ever disappeared, those bikes wouldn't. Yeah, they're they're fucking like if if there was a 
uh, if a meteor hit and a dinosaur thing <laughs> happened to us, somebody's gonna find a light speed titanium bike <laughs> on the dirt somewhere. Of them. You know what I mean? A handful <laughs> of them, bro. They're, they're inert, you know. They don't. Uh, titanium doesn't rust. Mm. It's used in medical purposes for like, you know, surgical equipment or whatever. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. And it, it, it's just an, an incredible material. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I uh I, I I don't know if you do, but I'm, we we both closely watch uh, Montenegro. Uh, Montenegro Fabrications, the carbon guys up in LA. Yeah, yeah. yeah he uh, he's 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 pretty cool in the whole repairs and how um, he likes to keep carbon alive. Yeah, and and that's another thing about it is the uh, the warranty, the the aspect, whole yeah. like this is what I mean by carbon fiber bikes are like disposable. Like the way yeah. that they're designed is so that when it busts, you go back to track or specialize or whoever. And then you try and get a, a deal where they give you a crash replacement, something like it. It has to do with warranty. You're gonna have to deal with warranty. It's not really your bike per se. You know what I mean? Have you met anybody that's bought insurance for their bike? I've worked at so no, many bike shops. I've never I've seen heard a lot that of either. people will spend ten thousand dollars on a bike, and then uh, they'll pay for insurance for their bike. And if something happens to them or to their bike, they just claim it on their insurance. I've seen it happen. Well, I mean, I guess at that point you could claim it because it's a X, X dollar amount item, right? Yeah, and they, you know, from the moment of purchase, they they buy the insurance, so it's a crazy thing. And they ask for details, you know, they go to the shop, they're like, what's the serial number, what's this? What's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At, at that point, yeah, if, if, if a, a service provider is going to cover you on a 10 grand worth of item plus injury. So, yeah. what's the, what's the, obviously, if you don't have $10,000 and you if you don't have $200 for a monthly premium, what are your options? You go to these guys, right? Um, like Montenegro or any of these like other repair facilities. Like up north, there's another carbon repair facility that does that, um, and that's how you keep old stuff going, right? So like, you can buy a used frame that's busted and do a wrap on it, repair the carbon, and keep riding it, right? Mm -hmm. So that is necessary. But the industry doesn't like those guys. Oh no! The industry doesn't we know, like any we, of those. We guys. know that very well, and and I think he knows that very well too. And uh, I think to be to be quite honest, I feel like there needs to be a couple more people stirring the pot, um, at least in a positive way. Um, I feel like people like him only encourage people like us to want to move forward and actually uh, step into work and get work done and, and do things. I feel like he's doing things for the community in, in that aspect. No, absolutely. Well, it's 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 something that is uh, available, right? You can go, you can message him, be like, hey, uh, can you do this? Can you do that? Oh yeah, we can do. You know, it's yeah. still a, a shop mentality. It's still repairs. Yeah. The, actually, I, I it just came to me. Um, the name of this there's a similar thing, um, up north called Calfi Calfi Carbon Repairs. And those guys, it's basically the same thing. And th there's a lot of um, I call them like specialists, right? Mm -hmm. There's guys out there who rebuild old forks. Like again, the hydraulic stuff, a lot of that stuff has similar problems. Their, their shelf life is not that good, right? So like you let a, a shock from a bike sit that's like 20 years old, it doesn't work anymore, right? And you can't rebuild it, you can't find parts. But there are guys, you know? There are specialists, like specialists that go out there and, and say, hey, I can rebuild this old thing. You know, hey, I can do this, I can do that. So. As long as we keep having or supporting those guys, as long as those guys stay alive and make some money, then these big old companies are not going to take the whole pie. You know what I mean? Because that's what they want. They want to take everything. They don't want you organizing races, 
right? They 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 wanted to be sanctioned so that their product could be promoted in the race, right? Yeah. They, 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 that's what sanctioned races are. It's just Wait. a big promotional tool. You want you want to hear what's even cooler about how our sanctioned races promote? How's that? We reach out to cycling merchants, DIY people, vendors. That's how that's how you reach out to me if anything. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like we specifically reach out to people that make stuff straight up. Hats, wallets, trophies, artwork, bikes. Doesn't Side matter. Bags. It's like the point is you're a cyclist and you're putting in, right? So what we did was we got at all these people that we knew and the people that know us and we don't know them, vice versa. And what we're telling people is like, look, come be a vendor at all of our events, one of our events, any of our events. We don't care. We don't want your money. Keep all your cut. That's a, give, good, that's a good idea. Man. Give us your product for these riders to take home and talk about. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, like, personalized, you know? Like, oh, this came from these guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. And these guys are over there. And, you know? and, and I get it. Some people are there to pick up their podium money and go home. I got it. I, I, we, we have no intent for profits. You can tell right away, like, if your motive was to make money, yeah. you know what I mean? You wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. You'd be like, hey, I want this much cash, bro. No, but cash is never a subject, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, look, there's there's money interchange and whatnot. Fees have to get covered and whatnot. But we put in prior to all this stuff to make sure that people can even come out and party with us. It's it's you don't even have to. It's without a question, without a doubt, that you guys are not motivated by money. This is as obvious. You know, yeah. you're saying you go out and you do the ghost bike thing, and you guys organize races. And it seems like you just giving back, or not even giving back, because sometimes we don't even get nothing from the hood. Yeah. We're just putting in, you know what I mean? It's out of our time, and really we, we do it just to keep the cycling community alive. Because we know that it, it dies off sometimes, and then it comes back. And then we got, like, other factors like e-bikes coming on. Yeah, and stuff like that. Things yeah. like that. You got It makes you worry, like, man, is this, is this scene going to survive? Yeah, yeah, I feel it. And, um, well, I'll tell, I have a proposition. Um, what do you guys think about, I've been thinking about it. Because COVID's been kind of rough on people, you know. Yeah. I want to do a um, a techno bike party. Oh, bro, we, we're always open. <laughs> I have a speaker bike that's like so loud that you can hear it ten blocks away, bro. Like no joke. And so just imagine, imagine like everyone just coming out with bike lights. It'd just be a dope ass thing. What did you like? Well, the thing is, we've already had like a DJ play. Like we like we have a one of our DJs. He's a mom rider, a bicycle club, and he always pops up to any of the bike parties that we do. And even one of our last races in November, he came out and played. Sick. And, Shout um, out to mom riders. Yeah. Mom riders. So if you have one that's a fucking portable bike, bro, my my bike will destroy any speaker bike <laughs> ever made. You have you have a cargo bike or what is it? Uh, I have a Yasujiro. It's a it's a twenty inch bike, but it has yeah. it, you know like you you um have seen like the workman bikes that have a twenty inch wheel in the front, but mm -hmm. then they got a big ass pizza rack. Yeah, yeah. And in the back, it's a long tail, so it's a long tail and it has a pizza rack and it's got two oh, wow. massive speakers mounted to it. It's, I gotta see that. Ridiculous. That was that short one you had in the in the shop before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, believe, I believe I saw it. <laughs> Let me see that and we could talk about uh, putting up a bike party. It would be um, rad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about it too, like a rave or a techno type of 
party, right? Yeah. I just I just like the name Techno Bike Party. There's there's a there's there's specific holidays where we'll get together and do bike parties, so. That, yeah, that yeah. would definitely be up for discussion. You know, we can do one as like yeah. a pilot run, you know, and then we rack if it's, if it's cracking, you know, then... I mean, honestly, to, to be quite honest, pop up on a Monday night with it, uh, and, <laughs> bro, it's already a party every night. Uh, I'm already thinking a lot of things. I, I love talking about bike rides, but <laughs> there's this ride called uh, Ride With Us, and they organize bike rides all over... Uh, Southern California, so they'll be in LA, they'll be in San Diego, and they'll just they'll I think just it sounds familiar. Yeah. Right with us. Yeah. And it sounds so I just came across them last Thursday, and I've been checking them out, and I'm like, damn, they literally just pop up. They set up a location and they do the right. So if, with that uh, bike techno thing, I I say we do the same thing and show everyone love. We could do it in LA, Long Beach, right here oh, on the South Bay. See, now now so, he's thinking bigger. Yeah, see? yeah, yeah. Damn. Cause I mean, we all live in different areas. He's mostly in Long Beach. He lives in Torrance, but he's mostly in Long Beach. You're from this side, from like what, Londo or area? Yeah, this is South Bay. Yeah. South Bay, and then I'm from LA, of course, DTLA South Central. So we can move it around and see what we'll, we'll pull up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. in the future, future talks for sure. We yeah, there's. Like we're that we're always people. we're always open to a um, connecting a team of people. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, we, we, we don't have a problem with that. We don't we don't got big heads. Our, our pockets are empty, but our pockets are full. As long as we all know we're going into the same thing together. And, and have you guys, like, all right, besides your own races and uh, obviously your own events and stuff, like, have you seen anybody else? I'll, I'll tell you guys about two or three things I've seen. I've seen uh, there's a Venice Beach ride where everyone brings lights. That's on Sundays. It's on Sundays. I've seen that that happens, and I've seen... Um, the but the only thing about these uh, wheelie kids is that they want to keep it hella VIP and they don't want to invite no one else, and then you'll always see them doing this this madre type of stuff, just you know jumping on stuff. And well, they're mostly that. youngsters, so yeah. you gotta put it your way. Like if man, if you were sixteen, I, I to did 20, the same thing when yeah. I was sixteen. Yeah. TBH I did that so yeah. I can understand yeah. that they need an outlet, you know, and they're gonna do their wheelie kid ride. That's cool. I'm not hating, you know, but. Let's be real, they do fuck shit up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at the same and, time. And, and <laughs> literally. In, in, my, literally, in yeah. my opinion, it's, it's, a, it's a subculture. Yeah. I did the same thing, like I said. Some of us, don't, some of us don't mix. I, I personally won't go and reach out. Someone reaches out to me. I got no reason to turn them down. Cool, we can all hang out. You know, I'm not against it, but I don't think we're going out of our way to go hang out with them either. That's true. Yeah. You know, like, it's just... It's, and you're not gonna stop the ride, you know. You're not gonna be the ah, police, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like that's not gonna happen either. Look, know? like nine out of ten times, we're not we're not getting jammed up by cops. I mean, we're bro. It we're, used to happen back in the day. We yeah. yeah. Used to happen all the time, bro. Yeah. You have no idea, bro. Critical yeah. mass. All these rides we used to go to. No, Chiefs. Chiefs. No, bro. Had it too. We we you we had it too as well. Yeah. yeah. We we yeah we got our own tale of. Uh, Damn, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. We do a yearly, this is our biggest ride that we do once a year, and it's called the Fireworks Party Ride. And the, and the whole point of it is bring your own fucking fireworks and this party on bikes. Dope. And every year it grows and grows and grows, and last year we did it during COVID. We thought it was just going to be like 80 foods, you know, like, usually it's 200. And we were like, everyone's going to stay at home, so it's just going to be like 80 foods, and it was like the biggest fucking turnout. It was yeah, like it's when you, when you suppress foods. people the most, I feel like. 
is when they need an outlet the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so then they're like, oh, let's really go now. Last July, <laughs> we had like 600 riders That's taking tight. over downtown LA. 600 riders? Probably more, but it was about 600. Can you imagine that? That you're responsible for putting together 600 people in one mass event? Can you just imagine that? Just think I, about it. I can't. You, know? you, you can't even hold that, bro. You just yeah. gotta push with it. Yeah, it's crazy. You're, you're like, you're turning your head and it's just like, you, you, you don't see the end of the ride. It's just like, it keeps going. The lights just keep going. It's a beautiful like, thing. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most beautiful is. things. You know? Honestly, Party rides are definitely where it's at for me. Yeah. I love it. I love uh, to see so many people joining into one thing. You know? It's like a moving party. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. And then, and then when you actually go and look through the crowd, how kinds of people? Half those people you won't see them again because you know, they're not even they're not daily riders. They just come out to party, and that's cool. I'm, let's party. The party rides can get out of hand too, though. Am I right? Like um, when you start getting food throwing stupid shit. Uh, and, uh, since like two or three years now, when I throw a party ride, usually for Fourth of July or our anniversary or Halloween, we don't do store stops anymore. Store stops is just a vandalism that and shit stealing would be shit. Yeah, like, know, that store yeah. is gonna be empty with no snacks and no beers. Like it's gonna be completely. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, bro. I've seen yeah, it. I've seen yeah, it happen. We ain't doing that. I've seen it happen. That type so. of shit is not welcome at any of our events or rides. You heard it now. So if you're thinking about going to a cheap Lunas ride, you're gonna get checked. You're gonna get checked. Yeah. Hey, homie, where'd you get those beers? I didn't see you pay for that. Here's the thing. I know damn well I was doing it when I first came around when we were kids. Don't say that out loud on the podcast. <laughs> I said we're kids, man. <laughs> I, kids. I, I, I can say that that I can't say that I could say that that happened. See, you don't even know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a hoodlum, but here's the thing. Now that I'm older, like, yeah, we got to go check the little homies. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day... We we did it because nobody was there to tell us not to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and now, now that we've made mistakes, we can sit there and try to tell these kids. Yeah. You, you have to, you know, mistakes. I'm going to give you the Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility, bro. You know? Like, you're, you're Spider-Man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hold the ring, too. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not... You, it, you have 600 people on your ride. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. now you're responsible for their safety and now you're responsible for that look that they're going to give to you if someone goes steal some shit or something. And, and you, you got to understand to an extent, you're you're Cyrus of L.A. You know who Cyrus is? No. You ever seen the Warriors? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Warriors. Can you uh. dig it? That's you, fool. That's you right now. That fool gets killed in the No, but I... Oh, no. no. Let's, let's, let's... You know, we can delete that part, but what I'm saying... <laughs> the, the unofficial, like, title, like... You, you, you're kind of unofficially in that spotlight if you don't know it. It's unofficially there, bro. It, and it's like... Like you said, it's something that you... It just floats around as a thing, but you're not focusing in on it. No, 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 of course like not. That. And that's the coolest thing. It's like, we don't... Yeah, we're not walking around with, like, big heads. And, and it's cool, too, because we have homies. and Like, that's the thing. We have friends. Like, sometimes people get their big head because they get that big spot and they lose all yeah. their friends, bro. Dude, you know something that's really funny that's happening right now? And back to the e-bike thing. They're having bike rides. Yeah, there's yeah. meetups. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, these fools are just, woo, just all across town and shit. I know? have a friend who, who yeah. goes to them. So yeah. I already know the whole deal. It's, it's only growing and expanding. And they kind of want to suck everyone into it. Yeah, 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 that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, power to them, but me personally, I'm not going to promote it at all. Like, at <laughs> you all. heard it here. Yeah. 
no e-bike promotion. Like you could, you could come to the ride and shit, but like, I'm not gonna promote it or anything. It's it's pretty intense. Yeah. Like you know, obviously they're going faster and stuff. You know, yeah. and then you know they're getting deeper and deeper, and there's a lot of like uh, YouTube like vlogging uh, on the subject of, of e-bikes. And honestly, that's a niche right there all on its own. Like right now we're doing a podcast about the cycling industry. When have you seen a podcast about cycling? Never. You know what I mean? When have you seen uh, like a guy review a particular kind of track bike or fit? Like we need these YouTube personalities. We need these internet personalities for, for bikes. You know what I mean? For bike rides, for bike racing, you know? For regular bikes. Because the e-bike guys, that's the one up that they have. There's like a million vloggers. And they're like, oh, welcome to my channel. Today we're gonna talk about, it. and then it's just like one hour of them riding their e-bike. And we're too tired. We're too tired to even pick up that phone to even go record ourselves because we're out pushing centuries like killing. Yeah. But <laughs> somebody's gotta do it, right? Somebody's gonna be the vlogger for the bike stuff, you know? They're, yeah, they're, we're missing that right now. I, sure. Yeah, um, I think I think that's the biggest thing that we we could use some support on is is um, we have photographers, um, we have good social media outlet. It's video. Yeah, maybe some edits, maybe some uh, some cool stuff. It's video. I some, mean, some guys to actually do the work of like doing the video. Well, well, That's always hard, right? Yeah. We we have guys come out. You can't do everything. Yeah, we we have guys come out, but it's partners, guys, or or friends of friends, and and, and it's I like, know how that goes. You have I, to I, wait for somebody to make the thing. And yeah, 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 and it's cool, cool. Like we don't want to press them to do like yeah our shit or like. So we could share it with everyone. You know? We yeah, pick, yeah. we we have our own photographer so that we're on our own terms. But we also want to have our own camera guy, so we yeah, can have dude. our own videos. So yeah. if, you know, like you know, show somebody this podcast. I'm sure somebody would be interested. You know, to to hook you guys up with some. Yeah, videos. there's there's definite names on the list. Video I'm sure. video coverage would be those. We're, we're definitely missing that. We have the fo photos covered already. There's a guy um, in the Bay Area. Um, that you guys should talk to. Um, he's he's the plug that I, I'm suggesting for sure. Um, his name is uh, his last name is uh, Esposito, and he does all the videos for everything SFBMA, every all the races up there. He did all those videos. Does, does he, he live does up the there? edits for Mash SF for all that stuff. He came down here, did a few edits down here, a few races down here. No, no. Keep, you guys want to hit that fool up for sure. We don't mind it. Though. Keep in mind, a lot of our stuff is going to be donation based off the bat. Yeah, I mean, this guy is one of one of us, you know, he participates okay. in the community, he rides his bike, and, yeah. you know, he's, he's part of all this stuff. So I'll pull up some stuff on the computer like, so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. Oh, for sure. Fucking. Um, well, yeah, well, you already know who that guy is, but for everyone else to see, to check you guys out, we got hey. Ill and Sick, Instagram. Yeah. You guys check out his bike builds. Custom builds, little photos of me and whatnot. Yeah, bro. Some see, trail like, riding. You're not wrong. You have the the photo guy, you know, doing the. Yeah, that's our that's Nunez, hey, Jonathan Nunez, and then. Uh, that's that's Randy right there, Nikon Randy. Nikon Randy. Um, our 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 uh, main shooter is uh. Our, our official LAUWC uh, photographer is uh Isaiah, but we've been knowing him as always. Uh, Shout as, out. That's Sad Boy. Sad, Sad Boy. Boy. OG Chief. <laughs> yeah. Sad Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, and uh, you know 
what's hilarious, bro? I rode my e-bike to this bike race. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even ride a regular bike. I was like getting off of work. It's like, all good, you know man. What? The point is, you came. No one's gonna judge you, bro. Nah, bro. Someone's gonna judge me. Still lying. Yeah. Is that a old, is that a Michelob Ultra bike? Oh yeah. man, here you go. Okay, <laughs> so this bike has a story. Uh, one of the Chivunas members. Uh, His name's Edgar, right? Yeah, Edgar. Um, we all know him as Edward, I, I think. Edward. Yeah. We all know him as Iha. This this cool ass cat. It's a slogan, like you know, like he just says Iha, like out of the nowhere. It's like, he, he, dude, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He'll like go grab Pokemon. his beer. Iha. Iha. Power Sick juice check. <laughs> He'll like smack the beer, and that's the whole thing behind the power juice check. Like, where's your beer? Like, let me, let me check you. Like, power juice check. Oh, like that, you know. So, me being the custom paint guy for the crew, I'm like, he came to me and he's like, "Hey, I need a power juice check bike." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, it's a Michelob bike, isn't it?" He's like, "Oh, you already know, man." And I'm like, "That's mandatory." Yeah, most people are Michelob Ultra haters too. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> unless you have it already, I'm not gonna drink it. I think it. it's delicious, bro. To be honest, I drink that stuff all the time. It's not my beer. All the messengers in SF, that for whatever reason, all they drink is purple cans. Uh, Lagunitas purple cans all day long. I, I like I like hazy little things from uh, what, what is that uh, Sierra Nevada? Yo, click on that blue bike though. It's my eleven year old's bike. This is your eleven year old. That's her SC six fifty. It's all blued out. So oh, supercast. Everything is like nice on there, man. Shout out to. Super guys. Oh, needle bars. You don't see many kids with full bills like that, man. You don't see many kids on bikes these days, to be honest. And you see, you that's the I mean? thing, man. That's yeah. that's that's one thing I want to get at. The fact that you don't see 650s laying around like that anymore. It's ridiculous. Right? We'll show, we'll pull up Cheap Lunas' uh, IG. So for y'all to find it. It's real simple. I like you guys' marketing, you know, straight to the point. It's just, that's what it is. Yeah. No underscores, no hat, no 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 dots, no you know. Those Jeez. things always make it hard for people to find yeah, you. Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Pretty sick. So you guys work work with this bike shop here as well, Lux? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the homies. I've been uh, friends with Boncho for like three years now, and he's had his shop open for three years. And, and this is this is one one that you guys are doing next, right? Yeah, that's our next yeah. event. Uh, the title? Can you hate us more? <laughs> um. We kind of bump our heads a little on it and, and try to put things together. We don't want to directly give out locations. We kind of want to keep that like anticipation slash underground like vibe figure, to it. Figure it out on your own. If you know, you know. You know. Yeah, it makes uh, I think that's the uh, one of the things that makes uh, unsanctioned races uh, appealing, right? Is that it's a cool thing. Like you're like, yeah. oh, the homies know about this thing. You know about that? Oh shit, you know. Word right. of mouth kind of thing. Right, it's a huge word of mouth thing, man. Yeah, but if everybody knows the address, all of a sudden, it's not that cool. You right. Know what I mean? yeah. No, we we post addresses and locations, but no per se. This location is that word can is obviously in the name of the place we're going to, right? So, it, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, if you hadn't told me that, I would have never figured it out. Well, <laughs> can you hate us more? Or can you hate us? I more? feel it. I still don't know where it is. But you don't have to tell me. <laughs> You'll find out. Well, I'll find out. It's live on the link in our pre-registration. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sick. So, yeah. This that... is pretty sick, bro. Uh, and so, and then this is the, so just to clarify, LAU, 
WCR. Yeah. Tell the, me, what does it stand for? What is it? It's the uh, Los Angeles Underground World of Cycling. Okay, got it. Oh, shit. You're good. Too damn loud. You're good. <laughs> Pop it. Wait, I'm going to just go to your website. No, you're good. Go for it. Sick. Is it clean as website? Oh, you put the new, lo you put new logos on it, right? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we need to add the new ones in there. Hey, uh, how come computer. I'm not right here? What's up? We need to add you in. We could add you, bro. That's not even a problem. Right here, right? Look. Right oh, there's right more being added in there. <laughs> we're actually going to add, like... We're, we're seeing um, a, a shift in, in sponsors at each event so far. Some people are recurring, some people are not. And, and yeah. there, there's reasons. By all means, none of them are, are negative in our aspect. Um, we just want to like collectively have like a resume of everyone that we like partnered up with because say one day some of this goes bigger and we need that resume. Yeah, I feel it. You no, know what it, I mean? It, it, like, like you said, things move around, people shift around, you know. Some bi bike shops come and go too, you know. Not, not all of them stay around forever, you know. Yeah. So that's also a thing. Um, personally, I had to recently close because uh, of COVID regulation stuff and just boo-boo stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but... I'm back up since February, so everything's been back to normal now. So if you're wondering where I went for a little while, yeah, you went home. I went home. You went home. <laughs> <laughs> I have this video that we were gonna pull up as well. Um, Yo, that one of that. one of your guys uh, that participated in the event um, that was also down the street um, in Torrance. Um, he he made this video, so I'm gonna just premiere it here for a little while. Sekasu. Is he Japanese? Yeah. yeah. Oh damn, I, that's the first time seeing this. Yeah, I watched this already, it's pretty cool. Oh, what? There's a lot going on in here. <laughs> had permission to use the road. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you, you mean, hey, that's what he put in there, so just roll with it. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> descriptions so detailed well you know it's like an outside perspective of your race Information necessary to race. <laughs> hey, what, what gear ratios these fools run? Let me check uh, real quick. Oh, I, I like, I like <laughs> how I still have time to switch. I like how he calculates it though, because because Kieran riders see it different than, than ratio, right? Yeah, all the NJS stuff is very particular. Uh, That's gamma. gamma. For, you, for you guys that don't know, gamma is uh, a unofficially LA's Fixie King at the moment. Unofficially LA's Fixie King. Yeah, that was beast. Give him a road bike, give him a fixed gear bike. He's gonna kill it. Yeah. Without a doubt. 
No, I said L.A. because there's guys that come from out of town that make them work. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I didn't realize it was too dangerous for a beginner like me. Uh, well, he, he puts up some points. There's not a lot of um, rules. Yeah, you know, I think that's what what we were talking about, sanctioned versus unsanctioned, you know? Some of the nitty-gritty stuff that kind of yeah. puts some people off. But that some of other people love. Right. You know, which is me. He's using a GoPro, huh? Yeah, I got that running start right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, here's another thing. You notice how we do elimination races versus like time crits? Yeah, I did notice that as well. It makes it a little more interesting, I think. More things are happening. It goes by faster. Yeah. That's the concept behind it. You see? He's like comparing like track sizes to our track size and he's like, nah man, this is spicier. Damn, he's really scoping y'all out. No, yeah, I like it because it's very descriptive. And he's like honestly putting on people that don't know about it. I think it's cool. I don't think he's putting out too much. Huh, yeah, you see that with his camaraderie? This is sick, man. Yeah, obviously, this is so in depth. Yeah, I think uh, I saw it on your guys's. Or yeah. you shared it on your story. So. Yeah, we're trying to because we talked to the dude the other day. He was with us on uh, on our course preview on Sunday. He's actually gonna try and come out and uh, record all of our events. Sick. Like out of his own time to make his own YouTube page. Man, dope. Oh, there you go. You can check him out right Do there. Do solo yeah. club. Do yeah. solo club. Do, do solo. Do solo. Do solo. Shout out, homie. Thanks yeah. For Supporting. <laughs> like, dudes busting themselves on e-bikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thumbnail. Yeah, bro. Uh, bro, this was awesome. Uh, I'm glad I, like, that I opened up this whole like bike aspect of the podcast with you guys because I feel like it's uh, the perfect uh, introduction to this type of, uh, in, you know, this, this material. So next time, definitely be hitting you guys up. Um, and again... We'll be organizing some bike party stuff, hopefully, you know, come, come summer. Yeah, come summer, do some cool stuff. Um, I'm thinking about a, um, a virtual sprint race as well at the shop. Oh, I have, a, uh, nice. I have a, like a sensor connected to a computer so that you can do like a swift, like virtual like race. Yeah. Yeah, so swift swift is catching a lot of popularity right now. Yeah, so. Swift, yeah. so yeah, well, I'm thinking about hosting a race like that at the shop, like nothing too crazy, just something small. So I'll, I'll be hitting you guys up about all kinds of cool stuff sure. coming up. Yeah. Don't, don't forget, man, we only started organizing all this stuff for parties. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> like, it, it, it was in all seriousness a party. And, and we want to continue the party, and if there's more people that can add to the party, um, but still keep racers and slash riders happy, let's continue the party, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, bros.
Hey man, it was a pleasure bringing you guys on the podcast. Yes, sir. You guys are awesome. Um, stay tuned for the next one. I'm gonna bring out more bike homies, so you guys will see a few other guys, and a few familiar faces that you've yeah, seen yeah, for sure. To, uh, and then maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yeah. Right on, y'all. We're about to sign out. Boy, 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 boy.